What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 118 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. And joining us this week, Mr. Chris Brandrick from Switch Weekly. Hey, man. How you doing? Good, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you this week. So uh, if those of you who don't know, uh, Chris runs a little uh, newsletter called Switch Weekly. It is the biggest Nintendo Switch newsletter. And uh, just this past week, we got the results of the State of the Switch survey, which is uh, Chris's annual survey about, you know, all of the data, collecting all of this amazing data about what's going on in the world of Nintendo Switch. Uh, We're going to be digging all into that this uh, episode. I'm super excited to talk about it. Um, But before we get into that, let me just quickly tell you where you can find the podcast all around the globe. Of course, we are the podcast, LewPots.com's weekly gaming podcast where Steve and I get together to talk about everything going on in the world of Nintendo and the world of video games. Uh, Of course, if you want to be a part of the show, you can write into me at Pete at LewPots.com. Come join our Discord and write into our podcast or our podcast segment. (laughs) Our our podcast segment that's just terrible (laughs) our mail pot segment where we'll pull questions from listeners like you Uh, and you can you know come uh, get a bunch of other content from us all around the globe if you want to come join our streams every thursday steve and i are there on twitch.tv slash loot streaming a fun game for you sometimes watching uh directs live all that kind of good stuff so come be a part of it come check it out and then last but not least of course head over to the youtube channel where you can give this video a like uh, give us a subscribe to our growing podcast channel uh, and get more episodes like this one. So before we get into everything with the State of the Switch survey, uh, I do want to start the show the way we often do by talking about what we're playing. Chris, since you are our guest this week, uh, let's start with you. You've got a couple games on your list. Um, one that we know pretty well, Baba is you. Yeah, um, a bit late to the party on this one, but I saw it was on sale like a week or two ago, so I decided to finally pick it up because I saw enough people talking about it that I wanted to see what the fuss was about. And um, yeah, it really makes you feel stupid. <laughs> um, I've played it for about an hour and I've already hit so many roadblocks and it, it's it's really inventive and in the way it works is really clever, but man, it really head scratcher for sure. Are you big into puzzle games? Uh, not particularly, no, but... Um, I thought I'd check it out because, you know, enough people were talking about it. But uh, in terms of like puzzle games from a traditional sense, yeah, I, I like, love like Tetris games and stuff. But this is more like a logic puzzler, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And um, it's really uh, testing me, that's for sure. Yeah, I'd say this one's like a 2D environment puzzler, really. It kind of reminds mm. me a little bit of like uh, Talos where you have to like figure things out and... And often I found in Talos as well that I ended up feeling stupid. Um, Baba is you. I ended up cheating on so many levels because yeah, I just yeah. felt ridiculously <laughs> stupid. And then when you look it up, you 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 kick yourself because you're like, how did yeah. I not figure that out? <laughs> I mean, I know I know I just said I've only played it for like an hour, but I have already like googled like how to complete like one level, and yeah, instant like, oh, of course, you know, I just yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's it's so funny. I don't I don't generally gravitate towards that type of game specifically because of that. Because like I I know I don't know about you guys, but when I play video games, generally it's because you know I want to feel accomplished, right? Like I want to be able to like check some boxes and, and feel a sense mm. of progression. And whenever sure. um, I play a puzzle game like that, I and I inevitably hit that point where you're like, I just I don't know what to do. I have no idea. I feel like I've done I've interacted with every item in this room and. I've hit a wall and then I look it up and I'm like, ah, I'm not even playing the game anymore. Like, what am I doing? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
sometimes it's I interesting found that... when go ahead. Oh, I was saying sometimes uh, I found um, going away from it and just taking like a 10 minute breather and then coming back, you get a fresh pair of eyes. But I also played a lot of it on the TV with my partner and they would uh, constantly see things I didn't see. Oh, yeah. Which was very, very strange. Like, the, it's funny, I guess like... people's brains work differently. Oh, yeah. yeah my, my, right? partner, my partner doesn't play video games at all, but this is what I showed her this the other night and um, she wanted to have a go on her own and she's had a go on a few levels and it's the same sort of thing. Like, we both approach levels in different ways and obviously you get to the end, same end result, but it's interesting that how people approach things, yeah, sure. I feel like that's part of the appeal of, like, why we love streaming and Let's Plays and all that stuff too, right? Is like, mm. it is kind of fun to see somebody problem solve in a way that you wouldn't. Um, and then also, right, there's that drama created when someone is doing the wrong thing or like oh no this is clearly what you need to do and they just aren't getting yeah. it <laughs> and you're just watching it going come on <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it's so um, funny because i feel like the kinds of players that really gravitate towards puzzle games like that they want that but like for themselves of like i'm just yeah, gonna sure. sit here pulling my hair out until i get that aha moment and I don't know, I, for I me, I feel like I hit that wall so much quicker than most players. Yeah, I, I was surprised at how quickly I was like, oh, okay, this is actually really tough and it's going to challenge me a ton. So it's one of those games that I'm just going to kind of dip into sporadically, I think, for a long time. Yeah. But the kind of thought I had when I first opened it was like, I wonder if like programmers might get on better with this, like coders and things like that, because mm. it seems to be like a lot of like conditional statements, like if this, then that sort of thing. So I don't know, maybe I should speak to some programmers, how they feel about the game. But that's kind of the thought I had when I first opened it. It's like a lot mm. of logic, conditional logic and things. Have you played Human Resource Machine as well? That very known. much is a game for programmers. That basically right. is programming. It's like... Uh, you, it, it's it's very similar, I think, to Scratch, where you you say you move forward like one space, move forward one space. If this space equals six, then pick the box up, and you have to get all the people to do things. I loved that yeah. game. Uh, Baba's you it sort of does fit that, but I found right. because it's not you can't look at it and not the rules aren't always the same. I don't feel. Mm. Um, so you kind of have to get yourself in a different headspace. But I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that game when I played it. That was Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to playing through it. Definitely a game I, I was happy to appreciate from afar. <laughs> <laughs> like, love what you guys are doing. I just I don't yeah, I don't have it in me. me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God bless. <laughs> uh so you also had F Zero on your list, going a little little mm. retro gaming. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as part of like Switch Weekly, which we'll get to later, I guess, but um, there's like a monthly games club. So we always like play through one of one of the games that's available on the Nintendo Switch online service. And this month happened to be F-Zero. Um, I'm not, I've not played that since, I don't know, 1994, five sort of time. So it's been a, a, a hot minute. Um, and, you know, it really holds up quite well. I was quite surprised. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is essentially a glorified tech demo. So there's that. But for what it is, it's a, it's a great showcase of what the Mode 7 was. And I imagine back in 1990, 91, whatever it was, it probably blew, blew people away, you know? But Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine what it was like it, seeing the auto-scrolling like, background yeah. for the first time? Just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's blazing fast, and the controls are really, really tight. Um, the AI cheats horrendously. The rubber banding in it is awful. Like, I was playing <laughs> it last night, and I bumped into a ship midair coming off a ramp, and it flew off the map. And like into the into the ether, and just just turned around and came back on the map. I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, um, I've really enjoyed playing it. I mean, there's not much to it in terms of like 
there's not much meat on the bone you know you can, you can kind of see everything in about half hour if you really wanted to so uh, yeah but it was, I had fun with it I, I really wish it. they'd make another one I know it would be fun like and it doesn't need to be like a triple A game you know like let it mm. be like a little like art, budget arcade kind of thing I think that would be really fun mm. um, I, see I think Fast RMX kind of filled that hole for me on, on mm. Switch I, I had I had a great time with that game it's strange that all of those Nintendo. kind of games, yeah, but all of those kind of games sort of went by the wayside. PlayStation mm. had uh, Wipeout as well, and they just haven't yeah. made one of those in ages. They remade the, uh, I think it was the PS1 and PS2 ones for PS4, but then since then, yeah. we've had nothing. We haven't had a brand new one in a long time. Mm. Which is a bummer. I like- think, like, racing games without, like, some weird overarching gimmick don't seem to really cut through if it's just a racing game i mean obviously the gimmick of race f-zero in itself is you go fast but like even if you think like forza the way that's gone it's like forza horizons is big open world you know right there's no like rate it's trying to think of like a really big racing game that's just racing i don't know i mean obviously there's like gran turismo but that's more do you get do you get what i'm trying to get at like yeah. in terms of like <laughs> i i feel like it's the similar kind of split you saw with sports games right where like sports mm. games used to all be very like arcadey and then you hit the mm. point where they became sims and i feel yeah. like now that's kind of where you're at with driving games where it's either like full sim mode and it's all about like it's gear stuff for gearheads right or yeah. it's the gimmick game which the open world it's the smash em up it's whatever but like yeah. You don't get a lot of those, like you said, like F Zero. The gimmick of it was that it was a sci-fi racer, you know, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd quite happily settle for just a re- HD remaster of GX and stick some online play into that. So that'd be cool. That would be for me. Yeah, I got Actually, really. I into, wish they'd uh, just do that with every GameCube <laughs> game at this point. I just want them <laughs> yeah, to exactly. just come in and go. Here's every GameCube game in the emulator we made for. Uh, uh, Galaxy sunshine. and Sunshine, yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. it's just here. It is on Switch. Just buy whichever just one. Crank you want. the settings up. <laughs> just leaving money on the table. <laughs> yeah, I mean Nintendo loves to do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you said you also uh, wrapped up on 3D World. Yeah. Um, although I say wrapped up, I haven't done Champions Road. Um, okay, but you got I've a seen the credits. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the credits. Yeah. So I mean that counts, right? Um, but I, I originally like completely slept on that game. Like, what was it? Like seven years ago when it came out on the Wii U, uh, I didn't touch it. I just kind of bypassed it completely. And I was like, oh, that's not the 3D Mario game I want. You know, I wanted something akin to like Galaxy and 64 and Sunshine, to a lesser extent. Um, so yeah, I didn't play it originally. So going back to it now, I was just kind of like, why did you pass up on this, man? <laughs> it's level after level of consistent. Just they just chuck ideas at you nonstop, and it's like. Most games would like have an idea and they'll milk it, you know? This game just chucks ones at you level by level and then just does away with it. And here's something new, here's something new, here's something... I was like really surprised at how inventive and refreshing it was every level all the way through. So yeah, really good game. Yeah, I totally agree. I also missed it when I was on Wii U originally. Um, I think it was just some other game was out at the time and very limited right. budget. So, you know, mm-hmm. and you just never got back to it. So I'm like super glad I got the opportunity. How did you feel about um, Bowser's Fury? Uh, honestly, I've played about half an hour of it, so I, oh. I do need to go back into that. Oh, I'm um, so excited to hear you get into that. Very cool. Yeah? Have you played much of it then? Yeah, and Steve uh, Steve beat it as well. I got, I'm got i like almost done with it. I've got like maybe a few more uh, cat shrines I got to get before I get to the last battle. Um, right. But it's, it's super creative. It's like, it feels like a significant um, diversion from the formula. Like, it feels like a right. new type of... 3d mario in the way that you know when you get to galaxy and it's like mm-hmm. it's 3d but it's like 
more um, like level clearing kind of based, you know, it, yeah. it feels yeah. like kind of a marriage of those two things because you okay. have the whole full open world, but there are all these little like sub levels and ways to get cat shines as yeah. well. And it kind of mixes right. like level based challenges, but also just like environmentally discovering things and very cool. Yeah, so what, really do, what do you think of like um, everyone's kind of saying that this is like the future of what 3D Mario should be. Um, and this is just like an amuse-bouche, you know, just a little taste of what it could be. Do you kind of think there's merit to that kind of argument in terms of like they should just really, you know, kind of explore what this is and flesh it out and make a full game on that kind of concept? Or definitely, it's fine as it is. Definitely right. want to see that. I would love to see them uh, commit to this formula, but bigger. Um, but mm-hmm. I do think that it's different enough that I don't see it like replacing an Odyssey as much as just being uh-huh. like another flavor to be offered. Right. In the same way that they've got their 2D, 3D sort of things, right? I mean, you, there's e- even stuff like the triple jump's not in this, which was has been a staple of 3D Mario since mm. 64. Uh, you yeah, can true. tell that they very much see this as um, an expansion of 3D World because, yeah, the camera is is free free movement, but it always mm. snaps back to right. kind of a specific point um, after a certain time. Uh, but it's it very much feels like, to me, one giant mario odyssey world but within Mm. there there's different subsections that you go to and each subsection has its own style and theme and very much a different uh challenge you have to complete and they and you can see all the elements they took from 3d world like the the flip panels the the red and blue Mm, ones that flip over and things like that they're all in there and all of the cat suits there and the fact that you've got an inventory essentially for the first time in a mario game is is really nice Uh, I, i loved that game and it's uh it's something I'd like to see expanded upon, absolutely. But I don't want it to replace 3D Mario because uh, I, I like the ability to go from world to world to world and it feeling totally different like it yeah. did in Odyssey. Yeah. And what was so, cool about uh, this world is how they build on it too. Like it has a sense of progression because as you unlock more shines, the map gets bigger. But then the places right. you've already been, new areas open up and stuff. So... It's it's got kind of a Metroidvania vibe in that way where you get used to the idea of like getting familiar with the space and and having it be recontextualized over and over again. So uh, I obviously need to go take a look at it because yeah, that sounds yeah. like really neat. Because I, I mean, the time I played with it, there was like already areas I could see that I couldn't get to. So that's neat that you can kind of kind of go back to these things. Uh, this might be spoilers, but do you find out what Bowser's furious about? <laughs> Why is he so mad? <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you'll have to play and, and find out. But uh, you, you kind of get alluded to it right at the beginning that he's kind of been infected by the slime stuff. And there's the Shadow right. of Mario that's in the game from Sunshine. So right. you, you do kind of uh, get it. But as with any Mario game, the story is very <laughs> Yeah, thin. it's like whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apart from the epic that is Sunshine. <laughs> oh, yeah. That deep, deep, <laughs> deep story. <laughs> So Mario uh, went to prison. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's true. You're right. <laughs> and you got to remember that was in the 2000s when there was that that infamous image of him with that awful tribal tattoo. Oh, that tribal tattoo. He got it while he was yeah. in jail. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so uh, Steve, you uh, got finally got the chance to play a game called Littlewood, which we've been talking oh, about on the show it. since February when when Chewy was on for Ring Fit February, uh, and he was really enjoying it. Finally made its way to Europe. You got your hands on it. I've seen you've been playing it a lot. What's the verdict? 
It's incredible. I haven't put this game down since uh, since I got it. I must have spent like six hours on it yesterday alone, just constantly. And it's the perfect TV game. You can have something on in the background and you can just be doing your tasks that you want to do. It's very, very chill. Um, no task has repercussions. If you don't do a challenge for someone, it's still there the next day, unlike in something like Stardew Valley where it expires. People don't ever get annoyed at you. Uh, you can't die. You don't lose money if you pass out. There's, it's just a very relaxing game, very creative game. You get the ability to make your town exactly how you want. And it very much takes a lot from Animal Crossing. It very much feels like a 2D yeah. Animal Crossing with people, which I, which I love. Like Even things down to the fact that you can upgrade every building. You can uh, increase the size of your town by giving someone lots of money. Uh, but beyond that, there's loads of places you can go, which I didn't realize. So I thought you were restricted to the town, but there's... a uh, a port town you can go to, which you can take people on dates to. You can gamble oh. in a casino. There's like a, a deck building card game. You find uh, cards throughout the world. Uh, you can go fishing, mining. Uh, there's a f- endless forest you can go to. There's a, a backstory of the fact that you were a hero who's lost his memory, which sounds very familiar to Zelda, that got defeated by like a dark wizard who's also lost his memory and you kind of become friends with your old enemy who moves into the town it's really really cool really really fun game i love the style of it uh and i I love just the progression the fact that it, it kind of you you want to go and play more you want to get to the next level so you can help the villagers because in order to do their houses up how they want you have to have like certain skills and to be able to unlock the items and, and get to where you where where you want to be. Uh, like there's a, a house I can't even build at the moment because I need to get into the third forest and to get into the third forest, I need to have a level 60 woodcutting skill. So I'm currently working on getting my woodcutting skill okay. up. Uh, but it's, it's really, really nice. Uh, um, and I, I love the fact that the days progress just based on energy. There's no t- in internal clock in the game like there is in Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing. Every action you do, like chopping a tree down or mining, uses a little bit of the energy and that progresses the day. Uh, it, it's, it's just a really great game. If you like Life Sims, um, you like something like Stardew Valley, but maybe even Stardew Valley didn't connect with you because you felt that like there was too many chores to do or you weren't really into the farming aspect, uh, then I would say check out Littlewood. It's it's relatively cheap. It's like it's eleven pounds on the eShop in the UK. I think it's fifteen dollars. Uh, it's made it's, by one person. It's twenty in North America. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, we wow. got a good deal then. Yeah, you guys are pounds. getting a deal. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I only know because I I looked. Um, I was browsing the eShop last night because uh, I'm kind of am in the mood for something like smaller on Switch. Um, and I ended up picking up a couple games on the sale, but yeah, I have that one on my wish list now, and I was like, ah, twenty bucks. I'm gonna wait and see what Steve said. <laughs> you need to, you need to commit to it. Did you, did you like Stardew Valley at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll love this game if you like Stardew Valley and you like Animal Crossing. You will love this game. Uh, if Stardew Valley didn't connect with you. Uh, so a friend of mine was asking on Twitter, like, how close to Stardew is it? Because it very much you look at it and it, you can see the comparisons. Yeah, for sure. It. But. There's a lot different, you know, you don't have to farm every single day. You don't have to water anything. It just automatically grows. Uh, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. You can do what you want uh, and you can still l- l- become friends with all of your uh, 
villagers, essentially. You can date them. You can take every single one on a date if you want to. Uh, you can... Um, I, I think you can marry them eventually. We haven't reached that point. Uh, and and there's always new buildings you're unlocking. There's always new villagers who are moving in. And every single one has specific requirements. Like they want to live next to a certain place, but certain like a number of blocks away from something else. Like there's someone who wants to live next to the flight deck, but wants to live <laughs> away from the quarry. But you don't realize until you've upgraded the house to a certain point, and then you're constantly rearranging your town. Interesting. Which I like, because it forces you not to do what I had originally done when everyone moved in, which is make a little village area, put all of the houses in it, and then all the shops in another area, and all of the, like... Um, wood cutting uh, and the smelt place and all of sure. that stuff like an industrial area I very much segmented it as if I was playing like Sim City and we were zoning off all of the stuff uh, but it forces you to put the people where they want to go which really makes your town a lot more vibrant and spaced out uh, and you have to like and like you can elevate, you can do all of the terraforming stuff you can do in Animal Crossing like you can put a lake wherever you want you can go up three tiers uh, so it's, it's it's really great. It's very creative, and I, I'm having a, a great time with it, and I know you will, Pete. It's very interesting. Yeah, I like the way that it sounds like those systems interact with each other. Like, it, it sounds like um, there's a really good kind of... I don't even want to say carrot and stick, but, like, the fact that each of those systems that you described interacts with all of them in ways where it's, like, it incentivizes you to actually engage with all of those systems the way that you should rather than I know the way I played Stardew where it was like, ah, becoming friends with the townspeople, the whatever I'm now, I'm trying to maximize my farm. How much money can we make? You know, how, yeah. how, how much can I just make this a perfect <laughs> machine? You know? And I was basically playing it like a Sim city rather than a social Sim. Um, so yeah, that's the, interesting. The, the town stuff is very much the, the meat of this game. It is, keep them happy and do what they want and upgrade their houses to how they want and that's that's ultimately what the goals are in a in a day-to-day -day basis alongside you also increasing your skills like you're just tasked you, you start with nothing there's your house there's a well and that's it and then one person moves in uh, but other than that the town's in like ruin it's been destroyed by the dark wizard who you had this battle with and so you're just tasked as the hero to build it all up again uh, that's cool. and, and that's so essentially what you're doing, which very much is like Animal Crossing. It's like you start with tents and you want to do everything up to make the, make the townsfolk happy and get it looking how you want it to look. Nice. Well, I'm. Uh, it's definitely on my radar. Uh, I. What, what was the game you just recommended, The Puzzler, from Apple Arcade? Oh, Grindstone. Grindstone. I picked that up last night. Um, Whoa. I haven't gotten a I chance to... get on with that? I didn't get a chance oh. to play it yet, um, but I, I, I had a, a nice collection of gold coins so i grabbed a couple games on sale and then was able to get that for free so i'm, I'm sitting pretty um so i'll have some is, it, on is grindstone on sale at the moment or it wasn't it? i just used my gold coins for it but i got party hard um risk and um and mario plus uh rabbit's kingdom battle all on sale and used all the coins that i had left over to get uh grindstone so plenty to talk about next week Nice haul. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Four games, and I, I think I spent like 20 bucks, like maybe 25. Like, not bad at all. Decent. Um, I'm really excited to play Party Hard again. I loved that game um, when it yeah, came out cool. on PC. 
but what I did really play this week more so was um, Ghost of Tsushima. I have been talking about replaying it again. Um, I platinumed it when I played it the first time, so I really have nothing left to do. But I just really have wanted to get back to that world for whatever reason. Um, so I decided to do a uh, new game plus run. I replayed the opening of the game on a new file just so I could like get set in the story because new game plus tosses you out when it opens up the open world. Um, so I started there and then I played it yesterday for a huge chunk of time. Um, and it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, all right, I'll play this for like an hour or two. And then I look at the clock and it's midnight and I was like, oh, woof. All right. We're four or five hours in now. This is great. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I had been in the mood already, but then when there was the news that uh, the Ghost of Tsushima movie was in development uh, with the the John Wick director, I was like, "All right, I guess I guess the this is the time <laughs> to scratch the itch." Is Keanu going to reprise his role as like a samurai? Do you think is he going to come back and, and do that for Tsushima? I really hope not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because uh, I. Love, love Ghost. Uh, great story. I could totally see it being a movie, um, especially like, you know, that, that seems like a, a match made in heaven, um, you know, because it is like a super action heavy story. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. You know, video game movies are real like I try I try not to get emotionally invested at all, but it could be good. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a, a good video game movie at this point. Um, Definitely more misses than hits for sure. Yeah, Detective Pikachu was was pretty cute. That was good. oh yeah, Detective Pikachu was yeah. good. I actually did quite like the Sonic movie. Okay. That was good too. Like a fully live action one. I, and I guess maybe I'm thinking of the era of, of Tomb Raider and Doom. Yeah, and those movies were bad. Along with the Mario yeah. Brothers movie, that, that, I, f- that I, f- I forgot there was a Doom movie. I forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, there's the uh, Street Fighter one as well. The Rock's in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not. It's not good. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. Mario, Mario, there's like a Mario movie in like two years, right? Yeah, yeah. There's the, and that's that's animated, but Although that's that's not live action, yet. which is perhaps probably for the best. <laughs> that should be good, but I really hope they do a different story of them Bowser kidnapping Peach because I think we've all seen that one a bazillion times at this point. Yeah, sure. yeah. It's weird. Like I don't know. Like discourse have this has this way of like evolving, doesn't it, over time? But I'm seeing more and more people now think considering Super Mario Brothers like of 1993 to be this like cult classic, and it's like it's, it's not. But I'm seeing a lot more people kind of think see it in like a, a good light. You know, it's got cool moments and like the the, the world built, the kind of sets and stuff are sweet. Yeah, but the atmosphere is cool. <laughs> But yeah, it's bad. It's got a terrible script. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, and, and it ain't Mario. <laughs> it's it's fun to watch in like a how did this ever get made mm. kind of way, you know? Like yeah, watching it in an ironic sense is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. especially if you're yeah. watching it with other friends who like care about Mario at all, and you can just kind of like take mm. the you know just they're just like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what how because you yeah. you look at that and you un- you can kind of like have a better understanding of why Nintendo is so like tight about the way that their ip gets mm. used now right like yeah that was their first that, like, a sour taste in their mouth yeah. <laughs> yeah well that and the cdi games those things were trash as well mm. yeah yeah it's like a few years there where it's just really dodgy stuff <laughs> yeah yeah and then now they've just like stamped that boot down of like no 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 <laughs> universal or nothing <laughs> So uh, let's let's hop into the main topic this week, uh, where we are going to talk all about Switch Weekly. So, uh, mm. of course, like we said at the top, the State of the Switch survey uh, for 2021 just dropped uh, just a few days ago at this point. 
And um, I'm I'm really excited to dive into the into this with you, Chris, because so much interesting information uh, here to 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 dive into. And, and I also want to talk a little bit about just kind of the mechanics of of putting this whole thing together and and all that. But sure. um, before we get into the the nitty gritty, the first question I wanted to ask was, you know, you've been doing this um, since you know the launch of the Switch, right? So you this is now the the fourth one. Was yeah. there any uh, piece of data in this specific round that was like the most surprising to you that like really really threw you for a loop maybe not really i mean the stats kind of didn't blow me away in terms of anything oh like oh, that's a really revealing stat i think the, the the kind of thing that i took away from it mostly was the rise in people saying that they had joy con drift mm. because i know it's a big problem but 65% of those who filled out the survey this year said they had drift of some sort. And that's up like 20% year over year. And I think that was the one that really stood out to me because although we all know it's a thing and we all know it's like happening, I think it, the fact that it's like a 20% rise just speaks to the fact that Nintendo don't seem to be doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the kind of message that I took from that. It's like, how are we another year on from this? And there's a massive rise in people saying that they're having this issue. And we're still not having any sort of like resolution from Nintendo. And I kind of get why they haven't. Um, because the minute you admit defeat, then <laughs> you, the minute they admit there's a problem here, then it's going to cost them a hell of a lot of money in terms of like callback program. I don't know how it would work. But yeah, that was the kind of key thing that's jumped out on me. And I'm interested to see how that develops even into next year, right? Because you think about how many Switches were sold this year and how many more yeah. are on the market. That like you gotta imagine the problem is just gonna keep compounding, and like the person who bought yeah. their switch, you know, in 2018 or 19, maybe they're experiencing it for the first time now in 2021. Yeah, it's bad. Um, and especially like if if there's new hardware coming, then they, they have to solve this. I hope there's so. There's no way they can like yeah. There's no way they can put out new hardware without this being resolved. Um, and that was actually I a, genuinely a point. think they will though because you've got the the new Zelda Joy Cons coming this year, and I. I mm. I feel like they should have resolved the issue in the Joy-Cons they're selling currently. It, mm-hmm. I, I don't see there being a Joy-Con revision alongside the Switch Pro, personally, because how many people have bought Joy-Cons at this point? They need no, to be compatible. I, I don't think there'll be a revision of any sort. I mean, if they're going to change it for the Switch Pro, they'll they'll do it quietly and you won't even know about it, yeah. is, what, is kind of what I'm suggesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, who's to say? Maybe the Zelda ones that you're talking, they're not in the, on the market yet, right? Like, maybe those are maybe they have some sort of fix in them already that we just are not privy to yet. Um, you'd hope. Yeah, that it would just be kind nice. of like <laughs> rings back to like when the Xbox 360 had like the red rings of death and it, they, they, they kept kind of putting it off and then it ended up costing them something like a billion dollars to fix it and stuff. So well, it and feels they, like one they of those had that class action lawsuit which ultimately forced their hand and I can really see something like that happen, happening with Nintendo. I've, yeah. I bought a pair of Joy-Cons to resolve drift and I repaired mm. them. I repaired another set myself which right. are now also drifting again. And I know they were OEM um, joy- joysticks as well. So uh, there's mm. definitely a problem with with the, the drifting. And and it, it makes sense to me that it would compound this year. I mean, what are we, on, what are we up to, like four years on yeah. at this mm-hmm. point? So that to me kind of is the lifespan of a controller. Uh, I know I went through a PS4 controller, I've gone through Xbox 360 Same. controllers. They do they do go eventually. And that's fine. I mean, I, I expect that. But yeah. yeah. 
and, and, and it's one specific thing. Especially if you're an active player, right? Like if you're somebody who is playing every single day and eventually your controller starts to degrade, that's kind of understandable, right? I think mm-hmm. Joy-Con drift feels so egregious and so like offensive to so many people because I, I don't know about you guys. Like I um I own four, five sets of Joy-Cons and almost all of right. them have drift now. You know, it's like I'm right. down to my last two. And I don't want I, I to buy think, another set. No. I think what, what's a shame about it really is that Nintendo have a really, really good track record in terms of like their hardware. Yeah. Um, like going back like 30 years, I mean, I've never had any problems with anything. I mean, yeah, the N64 stick was bad after time. But again, that was just an issue of time um, in terms of its durability. But like the Game Boy, the GameCube controllers, they, they were rock solid. You could throw a GameCube, uh, GameCube Game Boy down the stairs and it wouldn't matter. They still work. Um, like I yeah, have my original work. Game Boy behind it still works, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think that's a real shame that this has kind of put a bit of a cloud over, over over things in terms of how people perceive it, because it is a widespread issue. And a few people in the in the survey commented that, you know, they didn't want to like buy anything else because they were really kind of hesitant, like, like oh, I won't buy a Switch Pro unless I know that the the, uh, the drift is fixed. So it's in people's minds for sure. It's like a kind of making them hold back a bit, you know? And, and I think, um, you know, when you get into the conversation of like preservation and everything too, right? Like, which is mm. a hot topic on everybody's lips this week with everything going on with PlayStation. Um, what happens when the switch is obsolete tech and yeah. they don't want to fix your joy cons anymore and they all just drift. And then all of a sudden nobody can play switch anymore, like ever, you know, or you constantly have yeah. to be fixing them yourself or doing aftermarket stuff. And like, nobody wants that, you know, not so. So yeah, that was kind of the, the the main thing really that kind of jumped out at me. Yeah, sixty five percent is high. Yeah, very high. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to kind of give a bit of context, because I know we just kind of jumped straight into the the data there on that point. The survey I've been doing it for four years, like you said, and every year it kind of gets around ten thousand responses. Uh, majority they are from Reddit, so kind of pinch of salt in that it is an enthusiast crowd that's answering this survey. But um, I still think it kind of shows some interesting things. Yeah. Yeah, so before we get into more of the data, let's let's talk about about the the process. So I think this year you had over eleven uh, k um, mm. respondents. So that's that's I guess the biggest you've had so far, right? Uh, it's up there, yeah. That's great. So <clears throat> in terms of um, I guess the mechanics of like of getting this this survey down, right? Like you know, you I'm imagining you did the first one at the end of the first year of the switch. Correct. So what was kind of the onus behind that, right? Like you, you've had this, this newsletter going for a while. I know that the first edition of it came out when the Nintendo Switch was revealed. So you've been there right since the beginning. Um, wh- yeah, I registered the domain the day that the Switch name got announced. Yeah. Oh, wow. You were right there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So what was, what was kind of the, the decision behind wanting to do the State of the Switch survey and, and collect this data? I think really it was just having come from the, the kind of Wii U days when I think Nintendo fans were just a bit miserable in, in to be honest, yeah. um, this, this felt like a real kind of refreshing kind of change for Nintendo. And this console had a really kind of good energy around it. And, um, my kind of feeling at the time was, Oh, okay. Well, the first birthday is coming up. It'd be good to kind of check the pulse. So it was of like the Nintendo community and see how they feel about this thing. Now we've had it all for a year. I mean, even a year on, everyone was still gushing over Breath of the Wild, and they still are four years later. <laughs> that game has incredible staying power. Um, 
so yeah that was kind of the kind of main reason really it was going to kind of get a feel of how people felt about these things and it kind of the first year only had like a thousand responses to the survey and since then it's kind of like blown up and become this mammoth thing that i have to do every year now and it's it's really interesting to see all the, the data and pull it all together yeah yeah, I mean, and you know, if you guys haven't checked it out, we'll have a link to it uh, in in the description down below. You should absolutely go check it out for yourself. It's a really great piece of data journalism. Like, it's it's huge, um, and there's all these great charts, and you know, all of the most interesting stuff is highlighted. It's super easy to get into the the nitty gritty and and see the cool stuff. Yeah, the reason I highlight stuff is just to try and make it scannable because. No one's going to sit there and read 9,000 words, which is what it all is. Um, I did. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so I highlight things just so you can kind of go in, dip in and out and kind of pick up the key points, basically, the kind of highlights, the kind of headlines of what you need to know. Um, so yeah. And you got all those great interactive charts and everything. Like it's it's super easy. If, if you're a, a data dork like I am, it's it's a, it's a, a good one. Um, I think I think the thing that I was most surprised by um, was were two things was the hours and the how you play section, which I remember was when okay. you had called out. You had thought it would maybe be a little bit higher because um, of the pandemic. Yeah, right. Like everybody's home. Yeah. And I kind of was wondering, I'm like, oh, I wonder if that was because people burned out on Animal Crossing or maybe some of the respondents yeah. weren't Animal Crossing fans or whatever. And there wasn't that you know, Breath of the Wild or, or equivalent like... Kind of moment. Yeah, that huge mm. game that you can just sink 100 hours into two times over. You yeah. Know? Well, I, I ask every year, what's the game that you play the most on the Switch? And every year, it's always been Breath of the Wild. That's still at the top of people's play, play charts in terms of what, what they've played. Um, however, just to kind of get a bit of a different feel for things, I also asked, what's the, the game you played the most during 2020? And Animal Crossing was the winner there. Um, so I imagine, yeah, people have sunk a hell of a lot of time into that, but in terms of the, the bigger picture, yeah, um, the pandemic didn't seem to kind of impact people's game playing habits, but I, I saw it as an opportunity to get through some of my backlog at least. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was really telling to me that one specifically because it was the only, apart from Hades, it was the only new game that really logged mm. any kind of number. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, no one seemed to play Paper Mario whatsoever, which... No, it didn't get much mentions. Oh my god! Yeah, same, same as same for Pikmin. I was gonna was say like, it was really just Animal Crossing. Yeah, you said that it was only ten yeah. percent of respondents had owned owned Pikmin, and like when you think yeah. about the fact that, like you said, right, like the majority of the respondents are from Reddit. Like you'd think that that's the Nintendo hardcore, right? Like that's the crowd that will be picking it up. Sure. Yeah. 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 But yeah, um, disappointing. Pick- yeah, I, I think Pikmin is going to end up being one of those series that goes the way of F Zero. I don't know. Yeah. Just. Which or maybe is, just become a mobile game, which it is with Niantic. I think that may be just oh, the yeah. fate of Pikmin. I mean, who's to yeah. say though, right? Like, because if the mobile game is good and popular, then maybe that's the maybe that's the inroad to Pikmin Four. But yeah, who's to say? And the, the kind of thing with Paper Mario, I, I think that series, as long if it isn't a thousand year door, people aren't going to play it. <laughs> that kind of seems to be the onus of the Mario Paper Mario community, at least. Yeah, I, I remember that the the response to that game was kind of what pushed me off of it because everyone was like the story is really really good it's really funny like it's the best one since thousand year door but like the gameplay is not it's whatever you can skip yeah, all the fights if thing, you want yeah. and yeah. yeah it's like ah uh, almost almost got me <laughs> uh and then the other thing was seeing that playing on the t uh, doc mode on tv was the most popular way to play and that it has been mm. uh the last couple of years yeah I, I was super surprised by that because I don't, I don't think I Same. know anybody that plays that way. One no, person. I, I played probably like 80% handheld and like 20% yeah. of the time I might play it on the TV. But yeah, it's pretty 50-50 and it has been like 
throughout the time I've been running this survey, um, just always slightly in favor of playing on the TV, yeah. Which is so... That aligns with Nintendo's data as well. That's what they said. And yeah. wait, we had that conversation when they revealed that and it was very much like, really? Because we don't get that. And we thought maybe it was a Japan versus the West thing. Is mm. Japan more like handheld versus the West? But I would imagine most people coming from Reddit are from this side of the world rather than, yeah. than Japan answering your survey. Yeah, and I mean, when yeah. you did the demographic breakdown, it was like, what, like 60% were from North America, right? In the US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... It's wild. <laughs> but I also think that, that that's kind of um, a really good validating piece of data, though, for what the Switch is. I mean, that it is so perfectly near 50-50. Yeah. Like, people want to switch, you know, pardon the pun. So that, that's good for the kind of, I don't know, proof of, it kind of validates the product, doesn't it, for what it is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think absolutely. And I I, uh, I remember, you know, there's a thing that, um, that you do in, in the article where you, like, pull quotes from certain people to, like, kind of provide mm-hmm. a... a, a personal context a flavor and uh, I remember somebody had said that they're like I really hope that Nintendo commits to this and just keeps with the hybrid Mm -hmm. model I mean I've been saying that the whole generation of the Switch but like looking at it in cold hard data it's like god they would be idiots not to right like if everything should be a Switch from moving forward for them yeah people love switching that's for sure Um, so another thing really was um, kind of related to that was that dual ownership of like Nintendo Switches is kind of slightly up as well year on year. Ha- obviously helped in part by the light that ha- households are now having multiple Switches. Mm-hmm. I assume like one for like their partner or like mm-hmm. hands of siblings and things like that. But that also kind of speaks to the 50-50 split in terms of having different ways to play. So, I really think Animal Crossing was a huge factor in people buying a second Switch. The fact that you mm. couldn't have two separate said islands that. on the same Switch. Yeah, they did. It's because it, that's the reason I that's the reason I got one. It, and, right. Because I, I didn't want to share an island. Ca- yeah, it's kind of an embarrassing reason for Nintendo, but it is a reason nonetheless. I mean, oh yeah, we're forcing people to get a second system because of weird arbitrary yeah. rules. But okay, yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, uh, I'm sure they're laughing all the way to the bank because, of course, they're selling you a second Switch, and then it's not like you're only using that for Animal Crossing, right? Like you, like Steve, you just said you got your partner a Switch, and they use it for other things. You know, it, that was just mm-hmm. the gateway. Um, so I'm I'm sure they're happy about that as as uh, anti-consumer as it is. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure they're real happy about that. And I I wanted to ask Chris because um, you said um, like you have you have a family. Are you guys a, a multi-switch household? No, it's just me. Yeah. Um, like I said, my my wife isn't much of a gamer, and my son is barely two. So <laughs> not yet. Yeah, he's not there yet. <laughs> not yet. He'll, he'll get there. Get the the yeah. switch light too. <laughs> yeah. Like one of his first words though, he knows how to say Mario. So. Oh yeah! All right, you're doing you're doing you're doing a good job there. You're doing the early. Lord's work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, but yeah, I imagine we will, we will be soon. I, I'm only switch household. I'm not surprised because you know I I remember anecdotally right, but like you know my my cousin uh, who is uh, a, you know a few years older than me, she has two children, and you know I remember during the the DS and the 3DS era, right? They had three to four. Of, of both of them in their household. Yeah. And it was both mm. kids had one, mom and dad both have one, and, you know, then they come together and play on Xbox or, or Wii, right? And yeah. the the beauty of the Switch, right, is, like, you can you can serve any of those markets. And, like, it, it's so... Mm. Uh, 
oh man it's just such a smart it's such a smart pick. yeah it's got that versatility kind of baked into it which is really nice obviously it's a bit more of an expensive proposition if you want like four of them in the house as opposed to like picking up 99 dollars ds's but sure. but still yeah i mean it's, it seems to be working for them yeah i mean a, a buck 50 for the switch light is not bad you know no. Definitely more expensive. And but. and I think that when the Switch Pro comes out, people will hand me down the old Switch mm-hmm. to their kids or to someone else in their family. Because I know I'm mm. probably going to be giving mine to my dad because um, mm. he wants a Switch, but he will never, ever play handheld because his eyes aren't good enough. Um, right. But, you know, to get used one and just use it docked, it, it makes sense for him him to do that. I, I wanted to touch a little bit on some of the the other games that people said they had and it fascinated me another one that fascinated me was the 3d all-stars the fact that almost 60 percent owned the game but it didn't rank anywhere on the the top games that people were were playing this year yeah which really goes to show how shitty of a thing that is the (laughs) nintendo is just limiting this release to inflate sales that people don't want to play this game yeah it's 57 percent of the Eleven thousand people picked up 3D All Stars, yep. and yeah, it's it just it's clearly the fact that it's got such a high attach rate so quickly is just really telling. That yeah, yeah their limited stick it in the Disney Vault style strategy yeah. is totally to- totally working for them. <laughs> it works. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, yeah. and means they're going to keep doing it. it. Really, really means they're going to keep mean, doing the, it. The, the funny thing is, is like I remember there being that that very visceral reaction to that news right and like understandably so but it's also not the first time they did it right like the on the wii that was how they celebrated mario's 25th anniversary they had the it was the it was the original all-stars that they just ported on the wii disc and charged 60 dollars for you know that's just three games they've got precedent that's for sure yeah Yeah. people forget right well and i mean right like think about it that's how they made amiibo a thing yeah right like there was artificial scarcity the villager yeah. the we fit and um and and uh who's the other one marth were like insanely mm. rare and then all of a sudden they were collector's items they were beanie babies and you gotta chase them down and you know and i i was one of those suckers look i gotta you can see behind me i got them all right here in this case <laughs> uh, i'm proud to say i've only ever bought one amiibo it did not become this obsession thankfully i avoided that one <laughs> i got all the zelda ones and that was all i cared about other than that yeah. i was just like done with it like i really wanted the guardian one so i made sure i got yep. that and that was like the in for me and then every other zelda one i was like, i just want to complete the collection so i got mm-hmm. all of the zelda anniversary ones and then i was done i was like i can't buy any more of these things because they're just it's just going to become a thing yep yeah uh but the, the other game I was that really it was interesting, I think, and indicated the way the pandemic did sway people's gaming habits was Ring Fit because it was up mm. from twenty six percent up from fifteen percent last year, and I I know that yeah. this game was difficult to get a hold of. I I struggled yeah. to get it, uh, yeah. but the fact that a quarter of of respondents, a quarter of you know eleven thousand people have have this game, mm. presumably to exercise during the pandemic, uh, is is I think only a good thing. I, I we we did Ring Fit February, uh, yeah. with with Chewy, and we we both had a great time doing it. And and that game is is fun and brutal at the same time. Yeah, it really is. Oh yeah, uh, it's one of those games that's it's going to have like a really long tail. I think in terms of its sales, it's one of the Nintendo's kind of like evergreen titles, is what they call it, isn't it? Um, I asked last year if people had like problems getting any, anything in terms of like stock shortages, and like forty percent said they had which is, is quite high, really. And I asked the same question this year, and 40% said they had problems in getting some sort of Switch-related item. And Ring Fit Adventure was one of those kind of most mentioned. 
So there's still a, a big appetite out there to get it. And I don't know what kind of problems Nintendo have in terms of fulfilling the stock, whether that's just operational reasons or, or whatever, but whatever issues they are having, I can't imagine the pandemic has helped that in any way. Um, obviously, they've had a year now to kind of figure that out. So being able to use that as an excuse doesn't really seem to hold much water for <laughs> To, to as much degree as it, as it did, I guess. People aren't so forgiving as they were maybe in March of last year. But um, yeah, a lot of stock shortage problems they seem to be having. Um, people mentioned like the, I'm kind of going off the ring, the ring fit point here, but people mentioned like Animal Crossing Switch, that limited edition Switch they did. Yeah. Why there was another one that they didn't manage to get hold of easily. Um, I couldn't so even yeah. get a Switch in general. Like, I really struggled to find right. one. At the beginning of lockdown last year, I really wanted to get one for my partner so we could play Animal Crossing on two separate Switches. Mm-hmm. And I ended up having to get them a used one, which I got right. for basically the same price as a new one because there was just right. none okay. to sell anywhere. Huh. So yeah, I don't know what the issues there are, but it does seem to be a kind of persistent thing year on year that you know it was the same percentage anyway i mean yeah 60 percent didn't have any issues so you know read into that what you will but it seems to be enough of a problem and nintendo hasn't really moved the needle in terms of solving it it would seem i wonder if if specifically um with regard to ring fit is it do they want to have some kind of scarcity because you got to imagine that that's a product that like you know, it has this additional peripheral. It probably costs a little bit more to produce and everything that like if you overproduce and then they're just sitting, that's a real problem. It's a big bulky icon. Yeah, yeah. right. Whereas like if you... In terms of the inventory and the channels and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, you just do a run of it and then when that's gone, you print another run and you just keep doing it until mm. you see demand start to dwindle. No, I think that makes sense. They probably are a bit more cautious in terms of how they manage the stock levels on that one, but... The, yeah, the appetite's still there for sure. I remember uh, it might have been actually last March, but there was a lot of um, copies of the game like selling in China for like three times their value and yeah. stuff. Um, so, yeah. I know people Good that game. bought it uh, at an upcharge too. Um, mm. I, I think DJ did, our, our old co-host. I think he bought it at like a, like a 50% upcharge because he wanted to get his hands on it. I, I would think I would have ended up having to do that if I wasn't lucky and grabbed it just before we started Ring Fit February because mm. I... Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to partake in it. Yeah, right. The fact that um, again, twenty six percent of the people who replied said that they owned it, and then like you compare that to some of those other uh, titles we were talking about that didn't connect quite as much. And and again, that's mm. very interesting, right? Uh, twenty six compared yeah. to twenty three percent who have Age of Calamity. Uh, just under twenty percent said they had Origami King. Uh, around fifteen percent mm. said they had the Clubhouse and Worldwide Classics, and then only ten said they had pikmin uh deluxe like we said super interesting yeah. to think that ring fit is that popular yeah i mean obviously it's been on the market longer but i sure. still think you know if, if people are going to go out and get these games this is the enthusiast crowd like you say so they're going to go get them anyway so the fact that you see those numbers is kind of telling yeah yeah especially when you you pointed out a couple times right that there were um a lot of you know enthusiast replies who had like thousands of games in their library or, or whatever right yeah. Um, so obviously there's some people on this list that are, are nuts and are going to buy everything that comes out. So, yeah, I mean, the average kind of person here said they had like 28 games, um, which, you know, is it, it's, it's pretty decent. I mean, I've probably got a, probably about a hundred, but that's like mainly like digital titles. Um, but yeah, some people filling out the survey have like hundreds, maybe even thousands of games. And a few of them did say in excess of a thousand games owned. So yeah, there's a few people here that are obsessed with collecting these games i just can't imagine i have one fifth of the games released on switch (laughs) yeah it's insane oh man 
that's that's a high number though that that is that is kind of fascinating because i do remember and i, I think it was um well, i know it was a ps4 statistic and i think it was that sony said their average was like seven games that people mm. bought or something like that yeah i'm always kind of surprised by these figures and whether they are just reporting like physical game sales or not because i always just assume people have more digital games but i don't know yeah me too but i think that that goes to the enthusiast crowd that the people like us buy indie games whereas i know the the average joe kind of plays fifa and call of duty and the, and the big hitters every year yeah. and that's that's all they play and maybe yeah, they'll true. download fortnite to play with their friends but other than that mm. they just buy the games they've always bought every single year yeah that sounds that sounds about right yeah um in terms of the the, the um, ownership of those games i asked as well like if they're like physical or digital and it's around half and half to be honest so out of those 28 like 14 of them would be digital 14 physical so yeah that was another one i saw that i thought was interesting was was that that close of a split on physical versus digital which you know i and i think you called out in the the article right which is like you would think that it would be more digital just because there are so many more digital titles yeah there's like what five thousand games on the switch now and it's like the, the massive majority of those are not available physical so you'd think you'd see that reflected there but not so much yeah and i guess it speaks to the fact that Right. I mean, right, you, you called out um, the games that people played most and everything. A lot of them are older titles, right? Like the list yeah. is Animal Crossing and uh, is, is the only new title, you know, like the, the yeah. best selling, best, most played games yeah. are, you know, the, the Nintendo developed more AAA stuff. Yeah, it, it goes back to the adage of people buy Nintendo consoles to play Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. And that's 100% true, isn't it? I mean, you're seeing the kind of split here of physical digital. I imagine most of those physical games are Nintendo published games. So, Yeah, most likely. And I also think that this is this goes on to the, the eShop section that you did, that essentially the eShop is still trash and it's got worse, yeah. progressively worse year yeah, on year. Yeah, the more games that, they get. Yeah, there's been no performance change. And you can't find anything. There's hardly any visibility whatsoever. And it just runs yeah, terribly. It's, it's, it's another one of those compounding problems, really, where the more games that get added to the system, which is great, uh, the bigger this problem becomes because discoverability stinks on the eShop, and people always bring that up. And the same was true last year. Um, so again, it's one of those things that's kind of disappointing to not see much movement on it. Um, mainly from like a performance point of view from me. Um, yes. I obviously use the eShop every Sunday to sit and go through all of the games that are coming out and think about what to say about each of them for my for my newsletter. Um, so having to do that every week with a really laggy eShop is really fun. Um, so it'd be nice to see some improvements from a performance point of view, but a kind of counter to that would be discoverability and like being able to filter results and like categories and, oh, you like this game, well, you might want to buy this game sort of thing. Those sort of improvements would be nice to see. And the fact they haven't done reviews any of that would is, be nice too. Um, I swear yeah, we had yeah, reviews yeah. on there for like two seconds you know, and then they got yeah. removed. You know what I want yeah. more than anything is a shopping cart. And that was when I saw a lot of yes. people call out. Like last night, right? I said I bought four games that were on sale. It took me and like 30 to minutes one. to do it. I constantly yeah. accidentally click the I'm done shopping and it quits the eShop yeah. and you have to go yeah. back and I did that it twice. as well. Like, yeah. I, like, <laughs> yeah, it's so frustrating. And, and again, like, so I had to go through all of the games that were on sale and the recent releases and I go and add them to my wish list and then go to my wish list and do it individually and maybe you get kicked out because you're an idiot like me and yeah. Steve. And it's just like, this is a thing that should have taken me 10 minutes yeah. max to look at it and buy it. Waiting through treacle. Yeah. 
I had a serious issue this week as well with buying Littlewood. And it was, I think it was because Monster Hunter came out on that same day and their servers were getting uh, absolutely slammed. Yeah, I but did see it. It charged me twice. That. I now have £10 in my uh, Nintendo wallet because it charged me twice. It's wild. And I have no idea Oops. why it did it, which was really <laughs> frustrating. So some other things to work out there in terms of performance and scaling and stuff as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, just being able to actually navigate the eShop would be nice. And I think what's kind of frustrating is that they haven't really made many gains in terms of performance and like tweaking the eShop much. But the one thing they did do was add a Mario theme to the eShop. It's like, I can do without that. I don't need that. Yeah. Um, I don't need to I see swear that Mario slowed it around. down just as well. Like, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just make it faster. The little Mario just like made it feel slower. Yeah, because the, yeah. like, they put it's the like, animations and stuff and it's like, it's like, guys, the whole problem is that it doesn't load fast enough and you're going to just put yeah. like gooey stuff in to make it look nicer. Yeah. Sure. It's cute, but I, I, I can do without it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would much rather have the pages load. That would be chill. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I think, I think it's clear that there's a lot to be done to improve the eShop experience. And, and it's funny because I think the fact that I... I had that experience last night and then read this this morning. I was like, yeah, man, this really does suck. Like that there are this many yeah. complaints that people can just list up of just, you know, we're four years in, guys. Maybe maybe do something. Yeah. What, one yeah. thing I will say they do right, though, is the fact that you can buy the game on the website and it will download on the Switch. So I've done that mm. before. Like we've been recording a show before and I'm like, oh, this game sounds great. And I've just gone online and bought it, and then when I'm done recording, it's it's there on my Switch, which is which is really nice. I should, I should probably ask how many people do that in the server. To be fair, oh yeah, that would that would be an interesting piece of data, or like how many people are even aware that you can do that. Uh, yeah, I doubt yeah. most people even know you can do it because I didn't know you could do that. I know you can do that with Xbox yeah. and PlayStation on their apps, but no idea I could get Nintendo stuff on the website. Um, one that I thought was really interesting, or. It was funny, I guess, more so, was um, that somebody said, like, adding background music to the store was was a super popular request. <laughs> yeah. I, I always think it's, like, a meme request, but I, I kind of enjoy it. It's like, you know, uh, yeah, it wouldn't help performance at all, but one of those things. It'd be fun. <laughs> they, like, like, like they the should do... Was. They should do a Nintendo Wii like anniversary one and put the Wii shopping channel music on uh, the yeah. once. That'd be so well, cool. I, yeah. It's funny because, like, you know, I think... Um, I kind of had the same reaction, Chris, where it's like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Like, that's a cute request or whatever. But I think about it. I'm like, man, yeah, like the UI of the Switch, like the experience of turning on your Switch or going on the eShop or whatever. It's the only Nintendo console where it has no identity, Mm. you know? Yeah. See, I, I must be one of the only people that don't want doesn't want music. And I think that's a thing of this generation, Xbox and PS5 don't have music yeah. either and it's I, i'm not i'm not bothered nice. at all i mean i think by design they they chose quite a, a kind of slimline kind of ui and kind of the system is is quick by design they want you to you know get in and play the games yeah. and yeah the wii u was full of whimsy in terms of its menus and stuff but it just kind of feels surplus to requirements and you know it doesn't matter to add it but uh, yeah i'm not fussed i miss the wii music but, though man you know one you say that one... we shop music and everybody knows like it's that's an earworm yeah. <laughs> you know like, that's a great song it absolutely is a weird earworm i love that song but one thing people want and I, i'm aligned with in in regards to the ui is themes like it's so strange that we've had the the light and dark theme right at the beginning and then nothing else since and the same with like the media apps that people say they want mm. where's netflix you know we've just got funimation on there but 
Netflix is they've got Netflix has games on the platform, but you can't watch the 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 TV series that relate so to the weird. games, which is so yeah, bizarre. And, and you know, I I think um for older people, right? Like I I've heard a lot of people like kind of offer this privileged position of like ah oh, well you know you get netflix on your on a, any other device like do you really need it on your switch or whatever but like i know a lot of younger people like college age kids and stuff that do use they use youtube or hulu or whatever in the states um a lot on the switch you know so yeah. like well yeah just the fact that those I've options seen... don't exist is so strange yeah it's one of those things like i'll say oh i don't i don't need them on the switch because no. it doesn't matter to me but that's a really dumb attitude to take for for everybody so yeah it'd be nice to have it's just weird because like the netflix app was on the 3ds like i could watch netflix on the 3ds but i can't watch it on the switch it was on the Wii. you could get a disc and put it in your Wii, and it would work on the the Wii. but it's not on the nintendo switch (laughs) that is the funniest thing that you needed a disc i remember that oh my gosh it's just odd. I think that's the thing that's so strange to me about the Switch is, like, mm. how much of it is, like, in a perfect world, this is what I would have wished Nintendo would do. And then the, the emissions are just, like, like, you can't get the shop yeah. to work. Like, we're still using 1998 netcode for online. Like, what are we oh, doing, yeah, guys? Switch online. <laughs> oh, man. That was, um, that was another another area that I thought the data was really interesting was, like, talking about the the specifics of of everything with switch online and just like how many people are kind of split on the idea of like is this worth it or not yeah yeah i mean i don't have the the stat to hand but yeah a a lot of people say yeah it provides value for money but it's because it's cheap it's not because it's good it's like you know i'm happy to pay it because i want to play online but eh, there's kind of like that 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 was kind of my anecdotal kind of takeaway from it is that people are like mildly fine with it just kind of willingly pay it yeah great i get some access to some retro games but they're like 30 years old i'd rather have some modern ones please so yeah 100 i don't know what's your view on social online personally because i know me and pete both think the service is trash basically mm. because you don't have party chat linking up with friends is next to impossible especially in something like splatoon 2 where we've yeah. been trying to play together so splatoon many times splatoon 2's online just in general is baffling to me it's just yeah. bad and yeah. and the fact that you have to use a mobile app in order to even get like voice chat or anything yeah the, just, the whole mobile app thing is just a, a joke and, and it's not even good ever... like it's not even yeah. good the... voice <laughs> And I think it also speaks to that point you just raised about people not having access to other devices to watch like Netflix or YouTube. Well, what about those people who haven't got smartphones? Like, you know, like an eight-year-old. How are they going to like play with their school friends? You know what I mean? Um, so the, the smartphone app is, is a complete dud. And every year people are like, I don't use that thing. Like, it's like in the 90 percentile of people are like, nope, don't touch that. And why would you? I mean, A, it's, even Nintendo don't seem bothered to kind of add support in for most of their games for it. Um, so most people just use Discord. And I asked yeah. this year, what, what would you want Nintendo to do? Do you want them to like bake in a third-party service like Discord onto the Switch? Or would you rather them just have all of their games use their weird app? Or do you want them to just integrate voice chat into the system directly? Because like, it's possible, like Fortnite and Over, Over, Overwatch right, do it. Right. So why not, why not all games? And yeah, obviously the, the majority say, yeah, it just integrate it directly into the system like with my Nintendo ID or whatever it is. You know? So that's what people want to see. But overall, yeah, their online service, I mean... It, it's fine. Um, I'm grateful that I've got access to those retro games. Uh, I'd like to see 
others. I think the likelihood is we're going to get Game Boy games before we get, or GBA games even, yeah. before we get N64 games. I don't know what it is. There's just like, there seems to be some aversion to like going back to that stuff with Nintendo. Like there's a reason we didn't get an N64 mini. Um, probably because those games didn't age well. Um, like for the most part, at least. I mean, 64, Super Mario 64 holds up really well. That game's my absolute goat. But um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Like go go and play Goldeneye today, and it's not fun. Um, well, and I, I don't think they'll be able to get Goldeneye on the service anyway. Well, yeah, that, that's that's. They couldn't get it on anything sure. else before. No. I don't. I don't think they'll get it now. You think about yeah, too how many of those games are like focused on multiplayer, and it's like are they going to bundle what four controllers in with it? Like yeah. it, exactly, you can see exactly. immediately why they're like, forget it. <laughs> yeah, we're not touching that with a barge pole. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, I I, I think that the service in general is just um, it's fine for the price, but. Eh, there's a lot more they could do that to make it a, a much more compelling. And it's even just getting the basics right is what they need to do, really, you know? Yeah. I, one thing I think is interesting um, was I think you had called out in the, like, why you don't own a Switch yet. And one of the one of the item lines was that people were mad that there isn't a virtual console. And then I think it's also mm. funny how it, there seems to be an equal number of people who are like, but I don't like that I'm paying for these retro games. Like, people want retro games, but they want to be able to just get the ones they want, you know? And, like, this whole... You know, I also wonder if people want that far back though. Do you really want eight bit games? Because all those NES games, I never bothered with. Oh no! <laughs> got a hey, guest buddy. appearance. We've had a, a new guest appearance. <laughs> Say hello, Zachary. Hi, Zachary. Yeah. Um, hello. You've, you've been out walking. So yeah, I, I think the service generally is just a bit. Yeah. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> no yeah, so overall, a um, lot of really great data here and like super, super interesting read. Um, and I know we, we've talked about it a lot here, but I, I highly recommend everybody go and, and dig into it for themselves because um, it's, it's just a super interesting piece of data journalism. Um, before we let you I jump, can. Chris, I did want to talk to you a little bit more just about Switch Weekly and, and kind of mm-hmm. the mechanics of it, I guess. You know, like you, you've got this, this newsletter that's been going for four years now. You've got a ton of people... Yeah. Um, I, I believe you said it's over 6,000 subscribers, right? Yeah. Um, so actually, I, I need to update that number because it's like 10,000. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, you definitely want to update wow. that one. That's almost double. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, like what, is, what does that entail? Like running this, this newsletter with thousands of subscribers hanging on your, your word every week? Uh, well, it takes about two or three hours every Sunday to put together, but the kind of meat of it really is i bring you the stuff that you may have missed in the week so for those of you who aren't sitting on twitter all week like me um basically the newsletter is bringing you the best of kind of like nintendo writing from across the web and a list of all of the games that are coming out as well along with like a little description of what i think of that game and if it's like one to watch or not i kind of star the ones that i think look cool or look interesting um so that's kind of like what the newsletter is in terms of a nutshell but in terms of pulling it all together, it just it's, it's a lot of like drinking a lot of stuff and putting out what I think is good. You know, I just go scour the web for trying to find like good Nintendo reads and sharing them in the newsletter. Yeah. So how let, talk to me about the curation process. So like when you are, you know, hunting things down, are there like voices or sources that you like generally flock to? Or is it kind of like just seeing like the lay of the land and what are the things that caught your eye this week? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of it, which is just like stuff that bubbles up to the surface and obviously a lot of people are sharing and oh, that's, that's relevant to the audience and that has to go in. But there's also stuff like, I, obviously I have like a load of lists of like 
sources that I follow, whether that's on Twitter or like RSS or email and things like that, and like certain voices. Um, so I'll go through all of that every week. And if there's something that's particularly pithy or interesting or just a bit different, I'll probably include that in. Um, just to try and make it a bit more diverse from other than just what you see like on like trending or like on Reddit and things like that. So I try and make it a little bit different in that regard, but it's also kind of pulling together like what the consensus is on things. So if there's a big game, like for example, this week, Monster Hunter Rise. So in this week's issue, I'll link to a few different reviews and kind of give an overview of what the consensus is on it. So that's that side of it. And it just, yeah, it's just trawling through a lot of links and finding a lot of voices and trying to make it this like nice mix of things, you know, for people to go through and read. So you said that it takes you about <clears throat> two hours to two to three hours to put it together every Sunday. Is that mm. where the bulk of the work is done on that Sunday? Or like, are you kind of doing the curation throughout the week and maybe making like a list of things that caught your attention or. So I've got like a few different tools that I use. Like, so throughout the week I'll just be like finding stuff and being like, Oh, I want to, come back to that later, I want to come back to that later, come back to that later. But there's, there's also, there'll be a time where I like, I've got like a bookmarklet which saves like a link to a Google sheet and then come back to it later and pick it up. Mm, okay. um, and I might write it up there and then if, I, if I've got something in my head about what I want to say about a link, I'll write it out really, really quickly there on like a Tuesday morning or whatever. But for the, for the most links, I'll just hit the thing and say, I'll come back to it later. And then on a Sunday, I'll sit down, review what I've got in my queue, write them all up, compose the email and that's that. So is there like... Um... Is there kind of like a, a threshold that you try to hit in terms of like how much you want to get in the newsletter every week? Or is it kind of just like based on what you feel like is actually worth talking about? Yeah, I think it's mainly just like a gut feeling. Um, there's like a baseline. Obviously, I want like 10 links at the top, which are like really good stuff that you want to read. And the list of games is however many games there are. And that's where like the bulk of the time goes, because I have to like check each game on the, the, the Nintendo website. I link to it. I write something about it, but most weeks there's like 30 games coming out. So that takes a hell of a lot of time sure. to put together. And that just goes to show how like the, the, the Switch library is blowing up. Like last week it was 35 games. And then right at the bottom of the newsletter, I have like quick links, which are a bit, just a bit more kind of pithy and like just a bit more kind of conversational in style where I'd be like, oh, this thing looks cool. Go take a look at that. Where, you know, so that's kind of the, the, the makeup of it, I guess. So with the, uh, the new releases and everything. Um, I'm mm. interested in that because I know for, for how much comes out on the switch, right? Like I sometimes feel disconnected from the, the overall breadth of the library. Cause like I, like mm. I just mentioned, right? Like I bought party hard on switch uh, last night, a game I love. I didn't know it was on switch and I saw it was on switch and it right. was on sale. And I was like, Oh great. I would love to play that again. Let's snap that up. Um, and there's like yeah. new content that I hadn't checked out. So that's, that's exciting. Oh, okay. Um, because you are checking this every single week and, and doing these write-ups, like, do you feel like you really kind of have your finger on the pulse of what's coming out on switch? And how often do you feel like, um, when you're doing that research, like do games ever pique your interest for the first time there? Or do you have kind of an idea of what's coming out already? No, I mean, a lot of the time, because I spend my time in the week, at least just kind of finding links and adding them as I go along. I'm kind of blind to what games are coming out until I get to the Sunday and go to the eShop. And I've got my sources as well for where I get the data from for what, what's coming out. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of blind to that every, every Sunday. And then I put the list together and it's kind of illuminating in terms of, oh, well, that looks really interesting. And I've heard nothing about it. That's really cool. Um, like there was one last week. Um, I can't remember what it's called now, like Cosmic Noir or something like that. Um, 
I'll, I'll give you a link so you can pop it in the, in the show notes. Perfect. But it looked really, really interesting. And um, it was one of those games that I'd not heard anything about. So it happens all the time. And just being able to kind of shine a little bit of a light on that and like say, oh, this looks really neat. Go check it out. Is kind of rewarding in itself because a lot of these games just don't get any coverage whatsoever. Like, because like I say, another part of this is sharing links to reviews like the following week. So, oh, there's 35 games that came out. I'll pick five and I'll link to reviews the next week to see what people thought of them. And I'll write down which ones I think are cool and come back to them the next week and then go and find a review for it. And like half the time I can't find a review for the game. So these games just aren't getting the coverage. And I understand the kind of the, the, the problem there and kind of how that works and how, why that happens. But it's interesting nonetheless, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I ask because, you know, there was um, when I was resident eShop last night, there was a game I saw that I was like, oh, this looks pretty interesting. Like, this seems like it could mm. be up my alley. And I was like kind of searching around for it and I just couldn't find conversation about it. So then I'm yeah. like, ah, it's like it's 20 bucks. Like, I don't know this developer. Like, I don't know if I yeah. want to take the shot. That makes you hesitant, it. right? Yeah, it does. Right. So the fact that you're out there, you know, kind of doing that legwork and, and checking these games out, that's really cool. Okay, it was Genesis Noir, Genesis Noir. a cosmic point-and-click point adventure spanning time and space. Just looked really cool. Like, the visuals were really, really neat. Um, but yeah, there's, it's countless games like that that come across my radar. Oh, I saw neat. this one, and, and I thought the same thing. I was like, this is really cool. But yeah, I had yeah. heard nothing about it either. Yeah, so it happens all the time. This, but you kind of, to be expected, with such a broad library. Sure. So with, um, with the games in that, in that regard, right? Like one of the questions you asked in the, the state of the switch survey, right? Is like, what is your, uh, your monthly gaming budget? So with all these games that you're looking at, I imagine that's gotta be pretty tough to not, you know, not add to cart, uh, not add to that non-existent cart that we have on the eShop. What is your gaming budget? How many games are you buying a week? Not as many as the the average in the survey. The the average monthly spend on the survey was like what sixty, seventy dollars, something like that. that. Which again seems 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 you know it's one big game a month, sure, but it seems a bit high. But again, it's an enthusiast crowd. But as for me, I probably spend between like twenty and thirty pound a month on games, just picking up two or three that look interesting. But with the sheer volume of stuff, I mean, I've got enough time. No, no one has enough time. Do you, is that something you find that you struggle with, like in terms of like finding the time to? Because right, like when we were talking at the top, you said that you kind of yeah. were, were getting to uh, to um, what was the game that you said you got too late? Uh, Baba, Baba is you. Baba is Baba yeah. Is you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think absolutely that's the case, but I think that kind of comes with the job in terms of like being a curator. Um, hi buddy. Um, being a curator is just like. It's more of like a, a tastemaker role. Yeah. So like, just get a little taste of this, get a little taste of that. I'm not completing many games because I just try and get a, a quick hit of it, get the idea of what it's about and then move on, you know? So, but that just kind of comes with curating, you know? Totally. Um, so any, anything that we didn't ask about, like when it comes to Switch Weekly that you think is interesting or that you'd want people to know? Hmm. Switch Weekly wise, no, other than just like, um, go take a look at it and like tell me what you think about it because I love getting feedback from people and there's a ton of people on the list and it's always really great. That's one of the things about it that's kind of hidden away from view is because it's an email and I just encourage people to hit reply, no one sees it. Um, no one sees the kind of conversations that I have with my readers every week and it's such a rewarding relationship, but it's one in the shadows. And to be honest, I'm kind of fine with that because, you know, privacy conscious and everything like that, um, that suits some people and that's absolutely fine to have this kind of community in secret, but uh, that's definitely a part of it, yeah. Awesome. 
So uh, before we let you go, um, again, everyone should go and, and check out Switch Weekly. Go subscribe. Uh, go check out the 20, 2021 State of Switch. Um, you know, you being this this tastemaker and this curator, uh, I think it's it's always helpful, right, for for a listener to get an idea of like what are the games that that you hold really close to your heart. What are what are your favorite games on the Switch? So, um, you know, for somebody who who might want to take your recommendations, like. What's your favorite game on the Switch? Uh, maybe like a favorite hidden gem, you know, like maybe your favorite mm. game of all time. Give us some of those. Well, favorite game of all time is Super Mario 64, and that's on the Switch. That counts, right? Boom! Um, <laughs> Double whammy. And in terms of like what I've played the most of, hello. Um, Daddy. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I mean, I know it's not a novel or interesting answer, but it's true. Um, I put a lot of time into that game, and it really is um, something. I hold these in my heart. Yeah, I mean, I, you're far from the only one with that attach rate, right? So, <laughs> not a surprising answer. No, <laughs> That's what I answered on the yeah. survey, so. <laughs> All right, well, Chris, uh, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, before we let you go, just, um, you know, let everybody know where they can find you on the internet, where they can find Switch Weekly. Sure. So, Switch Weekly is at switchweekly.com. Uh, it's also on Twitter, at Switch Weekly. And as for me, I'm at Chris Brandrick on Twitter yeah. as well, and that's probably the best way to find awesome. me. Um, but yeah, I'd love if you to check it out and subscribe. Yeah, we'll have links to all that stuff down below. So definitely go check that out. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today, Chris. We really appreciate it. Uh, it was awesome getting to pick your brain. Thanks, man. And it's been great to talk Yeah, with. we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> Say bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs> there we go. All right, so thanks so much again to Chris for tuning in and, uh, and joining us. Um, again, you guys definitely want to go check out all of the, the cool information that is available on the Switch Weekly uh, 2021 survey. Um, super, super interesting information there. So I hope you'll go check it out and, uh, and give Chris a subscribe. Uh, so weird episode, right? Like we're already an hour and a half in. We did the main topic. Normally <laughs> I'd land the plane here, but there's a really big piece of Nintendo news that we would be absolutely remiss to not talk about so we'll land a plane here on this one uh and then we will kick all of our conversations about microsoft's talks about buying discord uh the playstation uh stores getting shut down for ps3 psp and vita and reggie leaving gamestop all that will be on after dark this week so uh after dark it's a meaty one this week so go check it out for a buck um but before we get into that uh let's let's talk about the uh the, the news here, right, that broke from Bloomberg again, that Nintendo is set to use faster NVIDIA chips in the new 2021 Switch model. Um, so, again, this one uh, comes from, as I said, uh, Bloomberg, and it is Takashi Mochizuki uh, um, and Ian King. But uh, Takashi obviously is the, you know, the reporter who is often um, breaking a lot of, like, Switch hardware news, was the one who revealed the light yeah. and everything like that. Um just a few weeks ago when there was kind of that updated, um, you know, rumor about the the Super Switch, Switch Pro, whatever you want to call it, Takashi was the one behind it. So obviously uh, you can take the source to the bank on this one. Um, so some of the information that dropped here, right, was that the new Switch iteration is going to be using uh, NVIDIA's Deep Learning Super Sampling, or DLSS, to reproduce game visuals at 4K quality when plugged into a TV. So, which is kind of what we assumed was going to be the mm-hmm. case a couple of weeks ago when this story broke. It was like, well, how is Nintendo going to reach 4K? There's no way they can get that out of a handheld. And obviously, we had Jeff Grubb's um, article saying, like, 
mulling over a few possible ways that they would do this, and it looks like it's going to be DLSS, which means most of these games will need to be updated because DLSS comes from the engine yes. and it takes advantage of the CUDA cores in order to do the super sampling. Uh, but you can bet your bottom dollar that Nintendo is going to be updating all their first party games to take advantage of this. And I am so excited at the prospect of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, the Bowser's Fury, all of those games coming at you in 4K and presumably great frame rate on these faster chips. I would love that. Uh, especially like, um, you know, I said at the top, right, I'm doing New Game Plus of Ghost and that got its, you know, 4K 60 FPS patch a while back. Um, playing the game again, I'm like, this is, it's like almost alarming how real it looks sometimes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, is it, is it a bit, a bit uncanny valley? It's like not because it actually looks good. Like, you know how like the uncanniness okay. comes from like, it almost looks real, but it doesn't like it's, it's like, this is a robot. It's like overshot yeah. that a little bit for me. Where like, there are times where I'm like walking through the environments and I'm just like, oh my God, like I was walking <laughs> in this area where there was a puddle. And the puddle was very small, but it was reflecting all of the trees and the light like perfectly. And I was like, this is insane. This looks like real. <laughs> and that's the idea of that. Almost to the point where do I need a, a live action movie or could they just like record from the <laughs> Just engine? pull all the cutscenes, man. <laughs> um, but then also alongside that, right, there was, um, you know, a couple other bullet points worth calling out. Uh, it would be set to release later this year. 7-inch, 720p OLED screen. Uh, better CPU with more memory. Um, and then uh, ana analysts are saying it could be as much as a $400 price tag. So some of that. Yeah, well, that's that's a lot. So like a, over 120 on or over 100 on what it is currently, right? It's 299 yes. in America. Yeah. So a $100 premium, I would pay it. This to the, yes. for me, if this is all true, which I believe it is, is a day one purchase. I'm absolutely going to upgrade my Switch to to this model. And I liked the fact that... So those those bullet points came from um, Takashi's uh, Twitter account. No, he posted them. And the with a lot of games, I'm very excited about because we haven't really heard anything that's coming out later yeah. this year. It's all been like pushed into... you know The biggest game that's been announced is Splatoon 3, and that's for 2022, early 2022. So I'm very excited to see... What might be coming later half of this year gives me great hope that Breath of the Wild 2 might be launching alongside oh this. God, I really want it too. I really do. Um, <laughs> me too. 4K Breath of the Wild 2. They're going to have a very hot year if that's the case. Yeah. That's another game. Like, I've just, I keep thinking about playing over again. Like, I, you know, and I'm just like, ah, but, but there's two sequels coming out. Like, I don't want to overdo it. But, like, <sighs> it would feel nice. It would feel really nice to play another Zelda this year. I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, you can play another Zelda. You know, you've got that fantastic Skyward Sword that's held in such great standing by every Zelda fan. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'll probably just... No, that looks like Uncanny Valley to me. That, that the, like, I looked at the faces on that thing. It's just like, oh my God, why? Was... Why is this the animation style? I was just about to say, maybe I'll just make you play it, but I'm already making you play Ocarina, so I feel like maybe that'll be... You can watch... Yeah, that's, that's that my cross to bear. Yeah. I'll play Skyward Sword and you can watch me play that. <laughs> yeah, you enjoy that. You Okay, but then the Twitch, because we, everyone keeps telling us to like spend the channel point. One of the channel point things is you have to play with motion controls for, for like 15 minutes or an hour. You're a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. But you forces you to play with motion controls. You're a son of a bitch. <laughs> 
That is that is brilliant and cruel. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I'm at the point where I kind of I'm taking this to the bank. I, I'm I'm increasingly going getting to the point where I'm going to be more surprised if this doesn't come than if it does. Yeah, me too. I could see maybe the release later this year pushing. And the article said that there some analysts are predicting that it'll be three ninety nine, and some are saying three forty nine. So if th- you know if it's three forty nine, then great. Yeah. I mean that brings it in line with what the Xbox Series S, I believe, is comes in. I think at that the price S is three hundred flat. Okay, so three three ninety nine is a, probably a bit of an ask on top of the Xbox Series S. Yeah, I, analysts are saying they think Nintendo can get it with how high the sales of the Nintendo Switch. Especially if their plan is for it to be a premium product, right? Because if you'll recall, Takashi's previous report said that there was going to be like fewer than a million units in the wild because it was going to be just this premium product. So I think if that's how they're positioning it and it's like, this is a premium product, you don't need to buy this upgrade, it it doesn't matter, it's like, it's just going to be better, you know? Um, Oh man, I really hope there's more than a million units because... It's been a nightmare try- for everyone trying to get a PS5. Can you imagine, There's like, you add one a fifth. Nintendo Switch Pro into the yeah. mix? It's like, oh my <laughs> Sounds god. Sounds terrible. Ooh, excuse me. Um, yeah, I think that will be the thing that will limit it being a day one purchase for me more than anything would be just scarcity. Not being able to get yeah. one, yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, I-, I think that's also okay. Like, I want one at launch, but if I can't get one and it, and it is just like, that's eh, quality of life then it's like, okay, like, that's fine. Like, I'll get one when I can get one. And I'd be happy with that. And you've already said that most of your gameplay is on handheld yeah, anyway. how much is it going to matter? It's still the same 720p resolution screen. And yeah, it's OLED, but you're still getting the same res mm-hmm. out of it. Um, my hope is that the DLSS makes it so that more games can hit that 720p on handheld. But I don't know if they're going to reserve the DLSS just for docked. I- I'm very, very excited to see some kind of technical breakdown on this at like a GDC talk or yeah. something. I think it could be very, very exciting, even just from NVIDIA talking about their new Tegra processor that's going in this. Yeah, or like or like the digital f- foundry breakdown where it's like, here's how yeah. all of the performance compares. Here's screen by screen. You can count the frames. Like, yeah. And that's when you're like, I need this day yeah. one. <laughs> that's what wins you over. I mean, that's the funny thing, man. With so much of this stuff, I feel like it really is like a you've... you've touch it and that's when it makes sense you know it is Mm -hmm. like like again right like playing playing ghost like i loved ghost and i thought it was gorgeous at 30 fps on my ps4 pro and i mean it's night and day like it looks like a different game i mean i'd imagine that's the same with spider-man right you got the 60 frames a second yeah then add the 60 frames a second with ray tracing do you remember when we talked about that when you were like oh like if you switch between the modes and i went from performance mode to the graphics mode because i wanted to see the um ray tracing and i was like oh i can't play like this anymore because it like the the going from 60 to 30 it's like oh my god like it the movement speed just got cut in half it feels like you know it feels like a totally different game um and as somebody who has like never been that person who's never cared about those things like it's nuts to see that i'm starting to get used to them i I hope 60 is the standard i mean that's been the standard for most like platformer or um performance driven nintendo games anyway you think about smash you think about arms splatoon uh the super mario games they're all 60 yeah. and they've all been like locked 60 it's only it's only the games where frame rate isn't really a factor like animal sure. crossing 
that they cut down to 30, which is why it was so surprising that in handheld, Bowser's Fury cuts to 30, because it's the first 3D Mario that's done that in years, and it's the only Mario game on, on Switch. We can even add Mario Rabbids into the mix. That hits 60. So I hope that this allows them to reach 60 on handheld. Yeah. And, I, and I think it will. I mean, it sounds like it's uh, going to be a very, very good uh, device. And I'm excited for it. I really am ready for a new Switch. I'm ready for a new console. And I think... Uh, like I said, if I can get hold of one of these on day one, then it will be a day one purchase. Yeah, yeah I agree. Um, and I wouldn't say I'm like itching for a new one, but like I'd be happy to upgrade. I am just because like it's 70 quid for a new set of Joy-Cons anyway. Yeah. And I need a new set of Joy-Cons. If I get a new set of Joy-Cons with a new Might console, well. it kind of justifies the cost a totally. little bit. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Not to mention you get a new dock and everything. Like it's a good investment. Oh, yeah. Cool. So, I mean, keep it tuned for this one. I think I think you can take these rumors to the bank, personally. Um, I, I am excited to see the reveal and what it looks like and, you know, to learn a little bit more about it um, from Nintendo. Because I'm sure that there are things that, um, you know, Takashi and, and his cohorts have just have not been able to figure out yet that um, could also sweeten the deal, right? Like, you think mm-hmm. about stuff like... Um, like the first time we saw HD rumble and things like that. And it's like, Oh, I wonder what other kind yeah. of features they might be able to work into this. Well, and there was, there was that rumor that there was going to be a new level of interaction or something yeah. wasn't there. And, and I mold that maybe camera. that would be a microphone. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. You, you said, I think you said camera, but I, I, I genuinely think it might be a microphone. Um, cause there's been a microphone on the DS, the 3DS, the Wii U. This is the only kind of Nintendo product that hasn't had that, which is which is kind of curious. And I can see them wanting to bring like Hey Pikmin or Hey Pikachu or anything like that over to over to the Switch, which would be cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how this one shakes out. But I definitely think we'll probably hear more about it sooner than later. Um, all right, so that's going to wrap it up, up for us this week. Um, remember, if you want to hear our thoughts on Microsoft and Discord, the closing down of the uh, legacy PlayStation stores, or Reggie leaving GameStop, you can go ahead over to this week's After Dark. Thanks again to Chris for joining us. Uh, remember, we have links to all of his stuff in the description down below. Um, please go check out Switch Weekly. Show him your, your support and let him know that Pete and Steve sent you. <laughs> so, uh, of course... Get us all around the web, head over to Twitch, you know, head over to the YouTube, give us a like, give us a subscribe, uh, click on the notification bell so you can see when the next episode goes live, all that fun stuff. You guys know how to internet at this point. We'll see you in the Discord, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of the Podcast.